You know, there had to be a guy whose name was Barney back in the day. And he did something during surfing that, that his friend said, dude, you're such a Barney. And it stuck. People use the word Barney. They still use it today. Me and my buddies are all, already using the word in the lineup, Toledo. Anytime somebody paddles for a wave and either backs out or doesn't, quote unquote, catch the wave, we say, dude, you full on Toledo that wave. It could be a one foot slop or 10 foot overhead. We use the term, it's the funniest thing now. And I think it's gonna stick. I think in 30 years, that little phrase, Toledo, is gonna stick like the phrase Barney has stuck today still. Dude, you full on Toledo that wave. <laughs> Later, guys. That'll be his greatest legacy. And boom, Felipe Toledo entering the surf lexicon in a way that he did not think was possible. Nope. But you know what? It's not a bad legacy to have. I mean, Barney wouldn't be known otherwise unless he cooped it hard and became the Barney. Was a Barney. I mean, and I will say, with these world titles, these asterisk-laden world titles will come and go throughout history. But being an indelible part of surf culture will remain forever. Felipe Toledo, we tip our caps to you for Toledoing it. Well done. We will start incorporating it here on the show. Congratulations. You full on Toledo. Love it. Love it. Love it. If I ever hear you starting to back off of a thought, like if you're going deep on something and then you realize, oh no, that might offend a sponsor or a friend and you hey, back off. What's up? You going Toledo? You Toledo? You just Toledo that topic right there. What uh, the heck, man? Totally. It actually, it, it goes really good because it's almost like you torpedoed that topic. It's, For sure. It just has a ring to it, the Toledo. I mean, and true, and true. So welcome to The Grit. It's February 7th. It is 2024. Chaz Smith and David Scales. Welcome, Chaz. Are you tired, David Lee Scales? Welcome to you. Are you tired yet of this Felipe Toledo saga? No. no. I'm not either. But here's the crazy thing. Here is the crazy thing. I've realized through this whole drama, and I'm not even, we're limited time here. I'm not going to get into the crazy drama. Everyone knows. Philippe didn't go on a wave. He faked food poisoning. He got caught drinking a beer. I got another one too. Did you catch that same one that he was playing with paper airplanes on his lawn later? Styrofoam airplanes. Yeah. I mean, the, Throwing the them in the sand and giggling like girls is what yes. the quote was. And the hits just keep coming. And for those who think, because there was criticism uh, I read across platforms, of, was he drinking a beer? Where did this come from? Beach grid? They don't know anything. Bada, 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 bada. Trust me. Like, I may not know anything. And you can throw all the dirty coals on me you want. Uh, my sources are impeccable. And there is so many people on that North Shore... And so I've been hit up non like I get daily updates on what Felipe Toledo is doing, who he's with, where he's surfing, which is Rocky Point, by the way, mm. where we should, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we should get into this later, but we can just get into it now, I suppose. What all that Felipe Toledo had to do to clear his sullied name, there was an epic day of pipe where pipe didn't run pip is out there snagging a wave or two boom done dustin where is pip surfing rocky point like go check 
go check um, Italo's Instagram account to see a wave that he got a backdoor and then check his surfboard sponsor, Timmy Patterson's Instagram account to see the waves that he was getting at Pipeline leading up to the event and on the day off. He's freaking a madman, a hellman, like completely charging. He doesn't need to be out there. He's out of the event and he's charging. It would shut everybody up instantly. I mean, completely. And that's all like, and so, yeah, poor Felipe though, back to the point of, are you tired of this topic? The fact that we have to keep talking about it is because they, Felipe's camp continues to inject oxygen onto the fire unnecessarily like this would have been done and dusted. you and i would be real jerks talking about this one week later if it was just felipe not going and then calling out sick right yeah except we have felipe's telling everybody that oh i don't prove need to prove nothing to nobody we have then his father ricardo coming on multiple times like they keep on stoking this fire yeah which is insane. Just shut up. If you're not going to charge, shut up. Yeah. Look, if I was a boxer and, you know, a well-respected boxer, world champ boxer, and there was some peon on the internet saying that I was a wimp, my dad would not get on Instagram to defend me and my bravado. The only reason my dad would ever feel a need to defend me publicly is if, there was some element of truth as to what the attack was against me. And he saw me vulnerable and he saw me hurting due to the attack. Then your father would come in and defend you, right? I mean, but it's if the, insane. The, if the attacks are baseless, you won't even I, address it. I mean, and, and I love a, I mean, that's the thing. I, like, of course, as we all do, or hopefully all do, right? We think of this in a larger context of like, so uh ricardo toledo felipe's dad is out there and for those who don't know like defending boys like being a sissy in multiple different ways like you don't know whatever like multiple weird defenses i was thinking if my daughter fully pulled back on something in her life uh, sure, I'd comfort her and say, "Hey, but but also you stick and blew it. If you don't want this blowback, then you got you got to yeah. go, right? Like, yeah. you, I'm not making you do this. You don't have to do this. Like, if I was Ricardo, I'd be saying, "Hey, Felipe, you're the one who chose to be a pro server. I maybe wanted it or pushed it or facilitated it or whatever. But this is your journey. Uh, this is the backlash you're getting from being a wimp." And uh, either quit or don't be a wimp. Like, it's insane to me that they think this is okay. Like, it, it is. It's making it worse. It's uh, it's way worse. And like, screw you, stinking Ricardo as a dad. Like, do you, this is not what you do as a dad. You do not, like, stick your stake in on your child's failures. My Hemingway has failed a lot. She gets brutalized in her ballet pursuit right when she comes out after getting screamed at and weeping i'm not there saying oh no no you are you are fine you are great everyone else is a problem no yeah. i'd say hey man this is a tough life if you want to quit quit i ain't pushing you to do this this is what it is it's tough like either buck up or get out right and yep. that's what it is like I, I can't believe that 
stinking Ricardo is there enabling his son's spinelessness. Shame. Well, 100%. And it's it's only going to create a deeper problem for Felipe as he tries to defend this title throughout the year and earn a third and earn a fourth. This is creating a huge vulnerability that I think Gabriel Medina, John, John, everybody else who's in contention for the title should absolutely be recognizing and seizing on. It's not just that he's afraid of big waves. It's that he's got a mental, you know, a complete mental block and everybody around him is pandering to him and allowing it to be a vulnerability. This is Twilzy left a comment on your recent Beach Grit article uh, which was entitled Tortured Defense of Felipe Toledo Takes Hurtful Absurdist Turn. Twilzy left a comment and then he also sent it to us via voicemail. Son, we live in a world that has big fucking waves and those waves have to be surfed by mad cunts with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, JMD? We have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Toledo and you curse the people. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Toledo's self-humiliation, whilst tragic, probably saved lives. And our existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, is the measure of respect that the best of the best will and do meet. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want us talking shit. You need us to point out what really fucking counts. We use words like charging cunt, mad cunt, good cunt. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of coke-driven advertising money that our misinterpreted attentions provide and then questions the manner in which the people provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I've suggest you figure out what a world champ needs to do to earn the respect of the whole world and why not fucking going is a big fucking deal either way i don't give a damn what you think the people's reaction should be listeners always say it better than we can not going is a big deal and it's one of truly the best uh polls from pop culture into our world a few good men Philippe Plato combo jack nicholson screaming on the stand brilliant 12 a few, good, a few good cunts is the way that that email came through but <laughs> yep which is twilzy bravo i don't know that i've ever seen a better mashup to be honest um i expect gothic doll gothic dolphins to put that together into a little video clip i mean it would be so perfect um another listener chimed in with an email and said hey on moana jones wong's moana jones wong's most recent vlog she posted an episode about one of her worst wipeouts she was surfing during the vans pipe masters even though she had the flu before the event and wound up having a bad fall she got destroyed on the wave blacked out and couldn't remember the impact she came uh she came to underwater and reeled in the wash for a while possibly concussed she didn't even go to the beach instead she paddled back out and finished the heat once she made it out the back, she actually wondered what had even happened to her. The next day of the contest, she went out again, even though she was still effed up from the beating the day before and still had the flu. Wow. 
most excellent. Now, in Felipe's poo-poo touch defense posts online, he only mentions that he has his sights set on a world title, quote unquote, never admitting that he's actually saving himself to clean house at the lamest final event in recent history by flipping around on a wave that doesn't even barrel. Slater and Nathan Hedge surfing circles around him at Chopu should have been enough of a wake-up call. I would have expected him to come in praising those guys and talking about how much he learned from watching them own that heat. Instead, he sulked and pointed the finger of blame at fans for calling him out on his zero-point performance. Sadly, he makes the whole sport look bad and trivializes the contributions of the surfers who risk their lives to entertain us. And by the way, get a life-changing wave for themselves. If he gets four world titles, what will Mark Richard think? I bet Mark would paddle out, pack one, just to show Philly how it's done, even with his bad back. Keep up the work. I mean, in truth, uh, Felipe was so shameful in his performance, which is fine. A shameful, like a bad performance is not the end of something, right? Uh, Felipe has stacked multiple of these on without ever addressing it. The way that it was addressed this last time, I feel, is the nail in his coffin. No one will ever recognize, like, surf history will move on. Whatever Ricardo and Felipe think about, we were holding the trophy. Like, screw all you keyboard jockeys. Like, nope, nobody will recognize you. There will be a blip in surf history. And who knows what happens after this? But there, this is it. Nobody will rec- yeah. ever recognize Felipe Toledo. They will recognize him if he sorts his business out and goes and learns to charge. Like the story is not done here for Felipe. And I am not a Felipe hater of like hating his core persona or anything. Like don't know the dude, right? Like whatever go. And nobody loves, I would love, everyone would love a redemption story of you going to actually learn something. Your Felipe's continual like not only not admitting that he's at fault here, that it's everyone else's problem. He's a champion. Screw you. Keyboard jockeys. The baked in narrative now of nobody paddles out a four foot pipe. Who are you? Like has nobody ever watched sport before? Like how many, uh, playoff kickoffs or I mean, field goals. Have you attempted David Lee scales? Zero. Yeah. Or, uh, and like, imagine a football kicker for everyone who says the Bills kicker, right? Got rolled. He missed his 44 yarder game ender, got absolutely rolled. Do you think he goes out and says, yeah, whatever keyboard jockeys, you come on out here and kick a football in the playoffs. You not kicking footballs, in the playoffs, like, the like arrogance and ignorant, the combination arrogance and ignorance of the Toledos is what irks beyond. Totally. Completely agree. Um, well, that's the funny thing is this is the first WSL event of the season. We've been known to criticize them rightfully. I think most of the time proven to be right with the benefit of history, but there's three storylines that have come out of this event so far. Despite having actually great waves on day one, a solid round two for the men, there's still three stories that over, you know, supersede those uh, good elements. And it is obviously the Felipe story. The other one is the day that they didn't run. And then today is the third story. They ran the women today in waves that were 
I, I care about the women. I want to see the women surf. I turn on the event. I watched one and a half heats and I go, I'm simply not entertained. I'm it's not garbage. engaged in any way. I want to do this and they will not allow me to do it because they're putting crappy surf on the screen. So I'm not going to watch the women that I want to surf. Total disservice to the women. I'm going to read a text from Gen Z. Gen Z, uh, brilliant beach grit contributor, but also Red Bull and all kinds of stuff. Uh, she says to me, and she was bummed, right? Gen Z loves women surfing. Women surfing has been on the come up. Finally, they're at good places, charging. I mean, you know what? A Dahui, like wherever. Like we've seen epic, like the growth curve is phenomenal, right? And so then we have yesterday and Gen Z texted me and said, WSL, dodge the big day for the guys so women can compete in tiny slop. So stupid. Yeah. Where that's exactly what happened. Cutting those two stories together. WSL dodged the big scary day where the dudes should have gone out so that the women ended up surfing in garbage. Like, and that was a garbage day. I turned it on. It was unwatchable. It was a mockery of sport. I feel sad for any commentator in the booth who had to say anything about it. It was yeah. embarrassing. I mean, the, the World Surf League can't, I mean, you and I have been talking about this. It doesn't survive this season. Like, this they is can't. piped. It can't. This is, this is pipe. This is the first event. The storyline stacked against it. You make artificial world champions who are afraid of paddling, which Pip then goes and proves and proves again. Like, fuck that dude and his family and his supporters and everyone, right? Like, just come on. For the love of anything good, just cop to it. That's one storyline is a completely spineless champ followed by then not going on the way on the day of days. And then sending the women out in garbage. So now we have three major cuts against mm. within the first week of the, of the new 2024 season. There's zero leadership and zero direction. And so I think they're just like, you know, trying to make half-baked decisions by committee. And so nothing good happens. Um the day that was 10 feet, Monday, it was like 10 to 15 foot. There was a bunch of wash throughs. The argument that they've stated against that, and they've even interviewed the experts and the, you know, Beatrice or not Beatrice, stabbed in an article where they had a couple of the experts chime in and say the reason why they would or wouldn't have run. And their argument was like, look, there's just not enough contestable waves. There was a, there was waves that day that were tens for sure, but not, it wouldn't be a level playing field. And my response to that is they still should have run. Like having That's surfing, yeah, having five to ten, 10 point rides throughout the course of a day is infinitely more entertaining than what they offered the women today. So if if our options are we get to watch eight hours of mediocrity where there's the biggest scores of the day are eight point rides, or we watch an entire day of people getting detonated and then there's five 10 point rides, there's no question you would run the big day. And that's what surfing is putting, or that's what championship tour surfing should be, is giving people to do an op the best in the world, an opportunity to show why they're the best in the world and why they're doing something that none of us would ever attempt to do. The day that they ran the women today, I would have surfed there. I mean, it was, it was shameful. And 
okay, if you're not going to run, right, if you make the decision that this is too dangerous, even though there has been far more dangerous days that they've run uh, places, bigger, gnarlier, whatever, like that wasn't like a, I mean, yeah, it was big and crazy and gnarly, but it wasn't like, yeah, Shane Dorian talked about a time that he went out and was just like terrified to be out there and just, you know, whatever, like that wasn't one of those days. It was a maxing day, but not, but also groomed by the way. Sure. It, it wasn't, wasn't victory at sea. It was like, no. there's wash throughs, but it was a freaking really good day. Sure. But it, so if you're not going to do that and put the contest on, and people said this in the beach Crit comments, turn the stinking cams on, turn the mics on. Everyone's there. Have a like offer up in the comments somebody said offer up a thousand bucks for the best waves ridden like yeah. where the world surf league if it was built for fans could have built fans that day yeah. instead of them cowering and making the wrong decision uh on top of everything else i mean this toledo story leading off and again i think people might think i don't even that's the weird thing i don't think people do think you guys are harping on this too much i get in trouble a lot for beating the dead horse way beyond dead horse beating is acceptable on this one. And again, it's because everybody keeps injecting air into the room. And by everyone, I mean Toledo and his dad and his supporters. But are you kidding me? You don't get a stinking like this. The whole thing is shocking and embarrassing and shameful. Yeah, it's because those listeners understand that the essence of surfing is confronting mother nature and like big surfing is the ultimate essence of the essence. It would be the equivalent of a heavyweight boxer dodging opponents. You know what I mean? And just looking for the tomato can to fight basically. Yeah. Um, listener final thought is a listener chimes in on the whole food poisoning uh, storyline. Hey guys, I've been waiting for these two episodes ever since this pipe uh, incident with Toledo so uh, I had food poisoning one time. It was about three years ago. And thank God I had tile floors in my bathroom because let me tell you, I was at the toilet puking. And at the same time, I was shatting my pants. I had it coming out of both ends at the exact same time. Toledo didn't have food poisoning. Toledo had a bad case of the scaredies. So not my world champ. He's Brazil's world champ, but you know what? They can have him. Keep up the work. Later, guys. And uh, fans are impassioned about this one. I mean, I don't think they want him. Brazil wants him anymore, to be honest. Like, the lie of food poisoning, which was not even halfway defended afterwards. Like, you would have thought that from Ricardo, all these impassioned defenses of Felipe Toledo, right, afterwards... Not one of them involves he was actually sick. So, like, a priori to this, he straight up lied. He fully lied about pulling out. And there's been no more information about that. He clearly didn't have food poisoning. We both have, like, personal people on the ground watching him not have food poisoning. We have all kinds of other evidence. And we have zero defense on the food poisoning, like... Guys, you don't realize if that would have been leaned into, if Philippe would have come out and said, no, no, I was already sick out on that first heat. I was so sick that I couldn't, I had to sit with priority for 20 minutes. 
Uh, and then I legit, I gave it a go. I gave it my best. I was like vomiting in the lineup, even though you didn't see me vomit. I was, I went underwater and secretly vomited. And then, uh, that's why I had to pull out. None of this defense has even been broached since like it was such a clear lie. And so to lie and pull out because you got shamed and because it was going to be just as big when you had to go do your elimination. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I mean, the, the uh, he should honestly to like to be quite fair, Sir fans should drive this dude into retirement midseason because the whole thing is so awful. Unless, again, I will say, there's always redemption, and people love the comeback story of yeah. you look two camera interview Philippe, where you say, "I was scared, I was so so scared that I literally shit my pants." This is a problem that has been baked in for me. I've been scared of Chopu multiple times. Now I'm scared of pipeline. This is a problem, a problem I'm going to solve. Follow me on my journey through betterhealth.com or. I mean, the journey to Chopu at the Olympics, which he will have to confront and either double down on this story or as a fan mentioned to me earlier, uh, I predict an injury, an injury right before the Olympics, quote unquote, an injury. And he withdraws from that event as well. And the storyline continues. Sure. I mean, because the uh, Brazilian, do you think we're rabid about this? Brazilians are more rabid about sport than we are. Uh, And no Brazilian wants a no-show from Philippe at, like, even if he has a decent fan base there, not one person there, not one sport, like, you got some weird deluded people at, like, Surfer Today or whatever, stinking jake howard i got another howard now to slur jake uh but anybody i mean jake howard was delusional in his defense anybody who's defending this is straight up delusional there is no defense i think they're just taking the opposite stance you know what i mean sure just but to have you, like an argument i love taking the opposite stance but if you're going to take the opposite stance then make a case nobody has even halfway made a case for this the it's that industry... he's not actually scared even though his dad said he is, and even though he has, there's a track record now, there's all kinds of, you're beating up on this guy because bloody blah, do you can't expect him to da, 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 da. like none of it, none of it holds water where rarely well, does a counter argument not hold water at all. The It's indicative of the legacy guys in the industry who are apologists for guys. They want to be friends with brands. They want to get paid from all that sort of stuff. So that's where that is coming from. I think, um, the other heat that somebody pointed out or reminded me of, which I remember talking to you about, it's got to be back in 2018 or so, was when they ran the event at the box and he had Jack Robinson in his heat and he literally did the exact same thing, like pulled back on waves, had priority, wouldn't even look. Yeah. And Jack was sitting underneath him just getting eight and 10 point rides over and over again. And we had like one or two other examples that we pointed to pre- Previously, we were like, man, is he actually afraid? It had to be afraid because there's no other reason he wouldn't have gone on those waves. That was like incident number three. And then we've had four, five, six, seven. Olympics is going to be number 10. And the problem is, is it bakes in for him too, right? Like I think in not addressing it, like he should have addressed it at the box, should have addressed it at Chopu, should have addressed it at some point, like where you just confront it. He has denied it publicly but he's also denying it to himself and then he has his coterie like his dad's on the payroll right yeah so his dad is there getting paid by his son who's also like hey man you're like 
dad doesn't want to stop this gravy train. Like, so they're pumping Toledo or Felipe up in any way they like. So now this is really baked in. Like his fear should have been confronted. It's getting worse because I feel he used to not be afraid of pipeline. So this is a new iteration of his fear of he has gone uh like I've seen him surf. He didn't, he never surfed pipe well. Uh, but he would go, he would paddle into, you know, a, a mid-size backdoor wave there. He uh, never called out of a heat before. Yeah, precisely. And so it's growing. The The disease yeah. is set. It's metastas. This cancer is metastasizing in him. And we're, you know, the problem is now any kind of big, so Fiji, we're going to assume that he's going to be too chicken there. Uh, Chopu, for sure, he's going to be too chicken. Uh where else on tour? I mean, that's it, I guess. I guess if they ran at the box instead of Margaret River. I mean, they won't do that again. No. Like that that ship has sailed. Yeah. But still, well, like the two the two remaining scary waves, uh, he will chicken out on because this cancer sunset, has been Sunset might be a third. Yeah, but sunset, he's won before and it's it doesn't sunset is like Did he rough. win sun, I don't remember him winning sunset. Yeah. Last won. year? Uh yeah. He was champ last year at sunset. Good memory. Oh, thank you. Uh, but the, the thing is, they don't serve outside sunset anymore anyways. So. Well, and also sunset's not like a Felipe's fear is specific. It is yeah, a yeah, barreling yeah. wave over shallow reef, which is not sunset, right? Like it's got a barrel section, but, and it's not over shallow reef. Really. Precisely. Like I think yeah. Felipe is fine and which is makes the problem makes his specific fear worse because he'll charge like, I mean, he's been out of big J Bay, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's not a big wave problem for him. It's a very specific, like heavy wave over shallow reef is yeah. his problem. Thick, and thick which wave is, not, is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but over shallow reef. And yeah. so sunset is like, I'm sure kids fine getting held down. Uh, he's got a fear of the reef, Yeah, which is well, getting worse because nobody's forcing him to address it. Exactly. Well, speaking about the end being near. I got an email from a listener about the, he said, big WSL story this weekend from Urban Surf. It was a QS 3000 there, apparently. I was unaware of that. Um, he said it was an absolute shit show. Literally every last thing. There was non-WSL judges and there was three of them. But if you look in the rule book, it, they require a minimum of four judges for a QS 3000. Um, there was no answer when the judges were asked what the criteria was. Commentators did not know what the scores were. They were not relaying the scores to surfers. The wall marshal was not updating anybody on scores either. The WSL website was down, so you couldn't check scores. No one in the round of 48 finding out their results or scores. The athletes area and all decent infrastructure slash shade was on the men's side only. So the women were in the sun. Women's surfing wasn't even on the broadcast uh, until the semis while the men on the other side were broadcast all day long. So anyways, it was a total uh, shit show. The end is near. Great podcast. And oh, please keep my name anonymous. Yeah, I mean, it so. really is unfortunate because it was so fun. I mean, this the last days, I, everyone, just like the last days of Eric Logan, everyone should savor this because this debacle, this embarrassment, this like weird shame but the good part is that we surf fan we pee on we 
every man and every woman get to take down a billionaire and that's fun like Ooh. dirk sif screw you i've got an email next week not today i'm going to tease it for next week about maybe his long play okay i can't wait to but until then i will hedge on the people every time over a bloated know nothing got his money from his dad billionaire yep if. yep um want to have more fun with kelly slater we're already having fun with felipe but let's do it with kelly too let's do it are you familiar with the phrase turtles all the way down no i like turtles this is a phrase uh, that I had heard before. Then there was a book written about it. And then a movie's coming out this year with that title. And it's a Sturgill Simpson song from about 10 years ago. I love that song. So I was familiar with this phrase. Anyways, an email came through from a listener and he goes, look at the Wik Wikipedia explanation of Turtles All the Way Down. Quote, Turtles All the Way Down is an expression of the problem of infinite regress. The saying alludes to a mythological idea of a, tur a world turtle that supports a flat earth on its back. This is all related to Kelly now. It suggests that this turtle rests on the back of an even larger turtle, which itself is part of a column of increasingly larger turtles that continues indefinitely. So the idea of infinite regress is basically an infinite series of entities governed by a recursive principle that determines how each entity in the series depends on or is produced by its predecessor. Essentially, a belief is justified because it is based on another belief that is justified, right? Amazing. So, yep. so it's turtles all the way down. So all you got to do is get people to believe the first one, and then it's just and it, they and believe it... over and over and over again. Yes, but did you believe, David Lee Scales, that Kelly Slater was going to get through the round of 32 at the Lexus Pipe Pro? I did, for sure. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I was going to put him on my survival team. I know. Thank you, goodness you, were, I did you not. dodged such a bullet there. Yes, I did. I knew that you dodged a bullet right when you told me last week that you did not put Kelly Slater on. Okay. Kelly Slater, I will go on the record now to say, Kelly Slater pumping surf or not will never really win another heat again another heat mm, yep that's what i'm saying <laughs> I'd, I'd take that bet if you said another event but i think he could win a heat mm, i like watching him at pipe and of course he won round one that was the last heat one mark my words uh into the elimination i'm sorry not the into the round of 32 uh did he even win round round one? I don't think he, he did. did. Yeah, because he went. Or I mean, he may not have won, but he, he went into the. He probably didn't win. Now that just so, I I think he didn't win. I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. He could have got second and just leapfrogged. Sure, but so even more to my point, Kelly Slater will never win another heat again. Man, okay, he got second to Jack Robinson and exactly one. Kelly Slater so, will never win another heat again. Okay, Mark. Chaz's words. I'm not taking the bet, but mark it here today, February 7th. Turtles all the way down. Um, he, he, he'll pull out a sunset because he doesn't like sunset. He'll vaguely go to somewhere and lose or get second first round and lose elimination. Or, I mean, it's not happening again. Like the, like the day they ran round two or day two for the men uh, was sure. It was not the great 
epic day that they should have run in. Right. But it was not like a full-on slouch. It wasn't no, it was like fun. the women's day today. It was a fun day to watch surfing for sure. And there was great, great um, uh, bouts. And Slater wasn't even vaguely in the mix. Like no, he but did. Ethan Ewing looked good though. He, Aaron, anyone's here. anyone's gonna look good compared to Slater. That dude doesn't have. He's fifty. He doesn't have well, it. Fifty-seven. He's seventy-three. 50 coming off of a hip injury, which is an old man's injury. You know, like he's, the signs are there. His body is not. Nothing I mean, against Kelly, except for the fact that he didn't do the dignified thing and retire and gracefully bow out. Like Carissa. Yeah. Like, thank you hey, for the laughs. How stressed were you watching Yago? Are you kidding? I saw I had turned. So for those who don't know, Yago Dora was my survival pick. Uh, So I watched that whole heat, the entire heat. I was ready to turn it off at three minutes left, knowing that Yago wasn't going to win. And thankful. Uh, I was like, Bobby Martinez in that moment, I was screw this tennis tour. I was over it. I was over surfing entirely. I was like, I'm so glad he didn't win because I don't have to pay attention anymore. Like, yeah. who cares? I will pretend to pay attention for listeners and on Beach Grid and whatever. But this is awful because it was a pretty terrible day, to be honest. Like I just said that it was contestable and fun. It was a slog to watch that day. It was like a tax on your on my at least uh, attention span and sensibility and all of it. Uh, and so I was ready to turn it off turned it off turned it back on just said i want to i want to watch yago slash me lose i just really want a good f you surfing yago last second win i go you let out a shout at the end wife was like what are you watching well i'm back this is why we like survival league dude it's like i was invested in that heat in a way that i shouldn't have been and when yago got that wave I was actually, I felt very strongly two ways because I wanted you to lose badly. Of course. So that I could take your money and the three surfboards. But then I was so excited that you made it through, you know? I'm through. And yeah. to to be very honest, I watched the John John Heat and was just cheering again. If John John lost, I mean, it was already a blood bloodbath at survival, right? Let's be honest. I think it was a last year's blood bloodbath at pipe was a 60% culling something of the field. Uh, this year, I think, was in the 50s, but Seth Moniz went out, Kelly Slater went out, uh, Gabriel Medina went out, and there was Jack another... Robinson. Idolo. Jack Robinson, though, weirdly didn't have, Idolo didn't even uh, register on the thing. Mm. Like, people have gotten smart there, which I don't know how you actively bet against Idolo, but there's some vibe that Idolo doesn't win pipe. Like, not that he's not a charger and not that he doesn't have the skill, but people know somehow. They were smart. I mean, he's just a wild card with his Instagram behavior, you know, or like waiting for the vanity to kind of um, undercut and undermine his talent, I yeah. think is what it is. I really and- I really squeaked through with Yago, though. I cannot believe that I'm still here amongst the living. But but you earned it because Yago's a good pick. You know, Yago's an incredible surfer and he he came through. For, I mean, I have the, a fluke. I have the full now, though. I went with a surfer I don't care about and who's not a good choice generally. Uh, out the gate, 
I'm starting again now at sunset with the with best on best. I get yeah. my choice of best on best. Whoever picked Jordy in pipe for survival is cheering, even though they're bummed that they can't use them for oh, JB doesn't exist anymore. Sorry True. about it. <laughs> you could use them at sunset. I mean, sunset would be a good Jordy pick, but yeah. Jordy, Jordy to me has become really volatile and I I'm I staying away from him. Well, the problem, the problem with surf or not the problem with survival with, with feeling good about your pick is knowing that the world surf league is going to run in garbage or exactly. likely will absolutely blow the call. And so it's not only you're picking hedging on what garbage the world surf league is going to do. And then it's just like a sort of free for all see like uh Seth going down, see like in proper pipe, Seth would have won that heat. No problem. Right? Like if it was big day, you got Seth all day, every day. So if you're thinking pipe, who's the best pipe surfer, Seth Moniz. If you're thinking pipe, WSL's in charge. Who's the best WSL surfer, which is a whole nother category. Who's, who's the best at navigating around the poo-poo touch? Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's, and I think that's a challenging, I think question. there are some, which, which those who lost on Gabriel, I salute you because Gabriel Medina has been, except he hasn't. Gabriel Medina lost his mojo at some yeah. point. Like, or he still has mojo, like him dropping in day one on whoever. Yeah. Uh, stuffing uh, Callum was like, yeah, that's like the Gabriel cutthroat thing. But Gabriel doesn't have like the will to win anymore. So right. who who is able to play the dumb dumb and by dumb i mean stupid world surf league game felipe toledo generally he, other than i mean big barreling waves i mean i'm gonna probably pick felipe at sunset to be honest except yeah. for i feel that felipe might be so broken from this i'm gonna take a wait and see i think this actually might have felipe coming face to face with his own spinelessness uh and again denying it is there's going to be a major malfunction in like Felipe Toledo is going to be found in five years in Minnesota <laughs> drinking loggers at the bar. Ah, you doing wave once. doing wave pool competitions. It's going to be something with something weird because you don't yeah, you cannot fees. you cannot deny at some point you have to say I mean AA and all of it right you have to say there is a problem you have to recognize mm. the problem is always the first step. You know what's going to be the problem is when he's in that bar or in the meeting addressing the problem is that I'm afraid of waves. The next question that they're going to ask is, why is there a lion tattooed on your chest? Yeah, no. I mean, like weirdly, he has covered, almost covered it with uh, a circuit board, it looks like. And so I feel the next step is he's going to cover the lion with like a computerized something rather else, like where mm. that won't exist anymore either. He will. Mm. Yeah got nothing sees aid but you're welcome minnesota for the gift of felipe toledo i blame eric logan in the wsl they did sure. this to felipe and um, toby keith yeah so tools bayer watches bringing us our next segment i mean this is really i have more listener inquiries for advice than i possibly have time to read so Thank you, Veyer Watches, for making this happen for us. Do we need to do a whole separate podcast where you and I just sit back and answer advice questions, life advice with David Lee Scales and Chaz Smith? 
we should actually have a column in the surfer's journal or better yet surfing world magazine like do you a think dear abby kind of thing do you think our dear uh what's his name best surf journalist alive sean that's who it is sean doherty would give us a column <laughs> absolutely yeah you think he would give us a ask david and chaz you know what I don't want to defile the good pages of the glossy surfing world's legacy. It's 60 years running. We don't need to soil it now, but you know, I'd be willing to, if they'd want us. But anyways, if you guys need a copy in the U S I've got it here in my hand, it's on surfing. Uh, well in the U S it's on surfsplendorpodcast.com. I am distributing it in the U S for surfing world. If you're elsewhere in the world, just go to their website and buy it direct. But you try to buy it in the U.S., you'll have to pay some exorbitant shipping. They ship me about 40 issues, and then I just, um, we all benefit from the lower shipping cost, and I can mail them to you directly for 20 bucks cover price. So pretty cool. I mean, can't can't beat that deal. How quick do you sell out typically? Um, Within a month, I'd say, within yeah. a couple of weeks. It depends if I promote it. There's sometimes I forget to even promote it, but yeah, within a couple of weeks. Tools to live by prevented presented by Vayer watches DLS and Chaz. I need advice over six months ago. I won an Instagram surfboard giveaway with a pretty big clothing brand. If you're, um, I'm not one to enter Instagram contests because a, I think they're kind of kooky barrel or not, by the way. And B, does anyone actually win those things? Well, I'm going to keep the clothing brand anonymous, but they can, I won it. They congratulated me. They asked me for my address and said, we'll go ahead and pack this up and update you with the shipping as soon as it's ready. After not hearing back for a couple of months, I reached back out to them and nothing ghosted. I took the L and I moved on, but it occurred to me, the guys at the grit would know what to do. I've been a long time. Uh, it's been a long time. So I don't know if there's anything that I could even do about it now, but maybe it would help others in the future with your advice. Also, I don't know if the surfboard shaper was ever aware that his board never made it to me because uh, it looked like it had already been shaped and the board was already in their possession. But I thought about messaging the shaper and then decided against it. I didn't want to put this on him since he wasn't the one organizing the actual contest. Anyways, should I do my damnedest to get this board or our Instagram contest, the laughing stock of the internet? Keep work, Sean. I'll tell you one internet I mean, Instagram contest that's not a laughing stock. The boards you can win right here, David Lee Scales. Exactly. We pick boards. I mean, pick winners. You do. And as far as I could tell, you deliver those boards. Well, I put the listener in contact with the shaper themselves, and the shaper does get the board to that person. So we have no problem delivering on the goods. Um, but if we did not, would it be reasonable of the listener to take it public and blast them. I mean, obviously he reached out to the clothing company, presumably a couple of times and they ghosted him. So the so problem here, like I feel I need more, usually in my almost, I'm going to say 100% pristine advice. Uh, I have all the information I need here. I don't quite, if this was a, any major clothing brand of any note that anyone would know, then it's your duty to blast them 
to absolutely roast them for it, to publicly roast them, to send it to Beach Grit and have me roast them for you. Uh, all of this. If it's like a small startup who was trying to get market share and then the bros who were involved ran out of money and then, you know, whatever, then that's a whole other thing. Like that's an L for everyone. You're taking the L, they're taking the L. Everyone's L's all around. But if this is a legit brand and or specifically, I'm going to say, if this is one of authentic brands groups holdings, if this is one of a corporation, exactly, then it's, it's go time. Let's go. Uh, and you have a friend in me. That's I am. Okay. I am the dog in your fight for anything like Maybe your Instagram, right, is small and whatever. You don't have the clout. Uh, not that I have the clout, but I at least have a platform. Anyone who has been aggrieved, I won't go after a small upstart. Thing. They're just doing their best, right, and just couldn't deliver on a promise. But if this is a big conglomerate, even if it's Patagonia, if it's Ripcur if it's anyone of note, come ye to me. Perfect. I, I am your friend. That is the solution. Because I also am apprehensive to advertise things like this because it could the onus could be on the listener. Like the maybe the listener failed to uh respond in a timely fashion. Yeah, I tick the box, whatever. But this listener, I think, clearly did so much so that he's then taking the initiative to reach out to us to ask our opinion. He seems yes. pretty diligent. Yes. So let's presume he ticked all the boxes and won it fairly and squarely and then followed up as he stated and they just straight out ghosted him now they're they're uh it's within reason to put them on blast but it's undignified to do it on instagram or just like you, you need a bigger pulpit and so yep. beach grid is that pulpit and so i agree with also what you said whereas if it was bank's journal for example who sure. went out of business you know and you could see they offered the contest. They had all this difficulty. They went out of business. What are you going to do? Happens. Shame them now? Yeah, there's no blood from the turnip anyways. Yeah, and stuff happens. And presumably he didn't spend any money on this contest, you know, so there's nothing lost. But if it's somebody, if it's disorganization within the company or somebody intentionally trying to skirt you, or maybe the contest organizer kept the board themselves, waxed it up, their boss will never be none the wiser. And you're just this lowly Instagram peon that they are taking advantage of. No, no, no. They need to be put on blast in that scenario. Exactly. So. And I'm I am your dog in this fight. Like I got the I got enough where this can go out and rectification will happen. Exactly. So reach out, reply to my, my email, Sean, and uh let us know the details here. And if you need the bigger dog to uh get in the fight. And I will also say Instagram giveaways are not lame. Uh and in fact, one Veyer watches sponsoring this very segment and Chaz's and I, my wrist, my wrist right now. Exactly. Mine too. Uh, they want to give us some watches to give away. So we're going to figure out the best way to give them away and um, we'll incentivize you guys to engage. I mean, it's all, all about engagement, get listeners to engage and then we'll give them a watch. So we will figure that out and do that in the near future. But until then, thank you. Veyer watches, veyerwatches.com. Uh, Chaz, there was also a wine-related advice inquiry that came in. Would you like to hear that one? Sure would. Maybe I could take the lead on that. You sure should. David, Chaz, 
I'm in a little bit of a predicament here. I've been invited to an event, and I'm a bit of a, um, how do you say, a recluse? I like to spend time by myself. Anyway, I need some advice, and I didn't know where to go, and then I thought, hell, these two guys, David being a wine snob, well, not snob, but an aficionado, and Chaz being a social butterfly, I figure you can help me out. So, here's the situation. I'm invited to a friend's house in a very nice house for Chinese New Year's. The last time I was there was uh, for Christmas the year before, and I brought a bottle of En Route Pinot Noir and a Walt Pinot Noir, two very nice Pinots, uh, mid-range, you know, like $50 a bottle, and I figured we could compare. Now, my friend who's hosting, uh, he enjoys wine and has a great palate and a great nose, so I wanted to talk about the wines. They had plastic, stemless wine glasses. So here's my predicament. I'm going to go. I'm thinking about bringing a bottle of Tiganello. Do I bring stemware or do I bring a cheap bottle? I don't, I don't know which way to go, which is more insulting, which is more enlightened. I need your help, boys. I'm counting on you. Keep up the work. Aloha. Man, I've been in this exact situation before. Okay. So is the real quick, is his question how to insult the host more? I don't think that's the question. I think it's how to not insult the host and still contribute a great wine, but have it be imbibed properly. If it's... If the question is, how do you insult the host most? It is for sure, bring your fine bottles with two glasses, two right. of your own pieces of stemware, right? Uh, but it, if that's not I, it. So I don't think that insults the host so much as it does make you look like a douche to everybody else in the party. If you go up to the host and say, hey, I brought these wines. I want them to try just... And look over at his plastic stemware. I mean, plastic stemware, let's be honest. And let's, for the record, state, uh, serving guests out of plastic is fine in, let me count the ways, you've got a four-year-old birthday party. Plastic, fine. You have a uh, beer pong thing and That's you're it. in college. Great. That's it. Like if you were an adult, male or female, hosting a party, then you stinking serve glass stemware. Like that's it. Well, so I think the caveat here that he didn't state, because it is somebody who likes wine. So they presumably have nice stemware and it's a nice house, which he stated. They presumably have nice stemware. It's a big party. So there's, let's say there's 30 people. They don't have 30 stems. They simplify it by doing plastic. Except for, I, I'm no rich man, David Lee Scales. There's, I've thrown parties before where, like, I have uh, crates of stemware, accidental stemware in the garage that mine may never get used again, right? Because you do this, what, they're like two bucks a glass or something. And this is for 
glass that's not maybe the fanciest crystal or clearly not the fanciest crystal but decent it's not like this is an expense issue and also better for the environment so maybe it is maybe maybe it would insult the host then i won't i won't die on that hill but my advice to our listener absolutely do not bring the stemware i think we can agree on that because that will offend or it will make you look like a douche um bring the bottle of tignanello that he's questioning whether or not he should bring his efforts he felt were under you know underappreciated in the past maybe but here's what matters is that it's an investment in your future that dude who's hosting the party likes wine and appreciates he'll see that bottle and he'll appreciate that you like wine he now recognizes you as somebody who likes wine so he will then open a good bottle of wine for you next time he sees you even if it's not the Tignanello that you bring to the party, you don't even get to taste that. It's your contribution just to enter that upper crust where now this guy's going to open good wine with me whenever I'm around. Except for bro is serving wine in plastic cups at his party. Yeah, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. Even though I've said the exact opposite here on the podcast and said that uh, I'm you know, a snob when it comes to glasses... See, I told you, I forgot to turn the volume down after that. Um, it's also a baller move just to drink, you know, the best stuff out of whatever vessel is around. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's preferred to drink it out of stemware for sure. But if you bring the bottle of Tignanello and that guy's willing, he sees, he knows what it is, and he's willing to drink it out of crappy glassware. What that really means is he's willing to drink good wine out of crappy, crappy glassware guaranteed he has stemware and that's where the great wine goes and you want to be around when he opens the great wine so if he's willing to do good wine out of crappy stemware you're in you're in for a good treat later i'd hope except we live in a brave new world where we have felipe toledo's denying the facts and the truth and we have super rich dudes who are just too cheap to buy stemware and will also too cheap to have good taste you remember that it was like the one of the final scenes in sideways where it the wine that he had hyped in the beginning of the movie and throughout the movie was this special, it was a 61 Chevelle Blanc and he ends up drinking it in a greasy burger joint out of styrofoam. Right. Yep. And to be honest, those are some of the best wine experiences, you know, like all of the pomp and circumstance serves a purpose, but it also in some ways makes it, too much pomp and too much circumstance so that you can't fully appreciate just the simple pleasures of it. You know but let's I mean? let's please not call drinking out of a glass pomp and circumstance. Let's <laughs> le let's not kick glassware into and I, it doesn't have to be a like fruity, you know, beautiful flute or whatever. Like I love nothing more. You know those like little French uh water glasses? Like, no. oh, yeah, just like a little, yeah, like a bigger than a shot glass kind sure. of. Sure, that's yeah. where I drink my wine yeah, yeah, yeah. nine times out of ten. But glass versus plastic on the lip is an entirely different world. Let's be, I, let's be frank and fair about that. I've argued that as well. I fully agree. But I have a flip, kind of entirely opposite argument, which is our caller showing up with two bottles to a party. By the way, the host is busy. The host is entertaining everybody and you showing up with two bottles of $50 Pinot wanting to taste the side-by-side -side nuance difference 
and wanting the host to participate in that game with you, wrong environment, wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, and, but the bottles still bring the bottles. Just don't expect the social interaction of any of it. And like I said, bring the bottle of TIG to the next party, but it's your contribution. It's your investment to the host. It's an investment in your future to drink good wine with that host, but don't expect to get into a pontificating about the wine and expecting somebody else to engage in that. And I that's also you. kind of pretentious to try to do that anyways. You know, I hear you there, but host is clearly obviously a kook out of the gate for serving plasticware. What if he serves really good? Then he's not a kook anymore. All then he rips. <laughs> All is forgiven. So anyways, um, good luck with that. I don't know if we gave you proper advice or not. Contribute the wine. Don't expect anything from it, I guess. Good is advice. My advice. Okay, let's go to commercial break and we will come back with a, uh, what is this? This is a listener chiming in. Oh yeah, listener chiming in. Got a bunch of listeners, a topic that everybody chimed in on and then we'll have Barrel or Not to close it out. rocketmoney.com slash surf. When I cut cable a few years ago, I slowly replaced it with a dozen streaming and subscription services. To be perfectly honest, I lost track of those expenses. Five bucks a month, seven bucks a month, it didn't seem worth tracking initially. That was until you multiply that number by 10. And then when my wife and I got married, we realized that we were both in the exact same position. We knew that there was probably three or so that we actually used weekly. We could quickly merge those onto one account, but it turned out that there were another dozen or so each that we were both paying for separately for years without either of us using. And this is precisely what Rocket Money is designed for. It's a modern tool that meticulously tracks the details that we easily get distracted from. Specifically, it's a finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. It gives you freedom by helping you see your subscriptions in a simple dashboard where everything is tallied in one spot. And where we found it most helpful was in its simplicity. Subscription services can make it intentionally difficult or time consuming to cancel. Here, you can click on the cancel button in Rocket Money's app and it'll cancel the subscription for you. It simplifies everything. We even got a notification about Netflix's recent price increase before it even happened, just warning us that it was coming. So Rocket Money has over 5 million users. It's helped save members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com surf. Calm the clutter in your head. Simplify the tedium of your financial life. Find freedom through rocketmoney.com slash surf. Factormeals.com slash surf 50 will save you 50%. Our lives have been made infinitely easier, healthier, and more pleasurable this last month with Factor. Factor sends delicious, nutritionally-minded meals to your door that you simply heat and they are ready to eat. 
no prep, no cooking, no cleaning. We have 35 different meal options each week, and you can choose as few as six or as many as 18 per week. You can adjust, you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries anytime from week to week. So, you know, just from hearing me on the podcast that I care about food. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I cook, you know that we eat well, and I'm certainly conscientious about nutrition. Factor has filled a gap and created a solution in our life by providing ready-to-go meals. So for a busy day when you don't have time to make a lunch, Factor meals are ready in two minutes. Twice this past week when I didn't have time to prep dinner for my two-year-old and I also didn't want to give him frozen pizza or chicken nuggies once again, he actually shared and ate some of my Factor pasta with sun-dried tomato and pesto and goat cheese one night part of my cilantro, lime, chicken, and rice another night. He loved it. And my wife, by the way, loves the convenience. This has saved her a couple of times this month during lunch when she came home starving and wasn't prepared. And beyond those things, I just love the quality of the food. They also have keto options, calorie smart options, vegan and veggie options. We personally do the chef's choice, which are restaurant quality, but nutritionally minded dishes. Again, it's not a meal kit, it's pre-prepared, ready-to-heat meals. Super simple, solves a problem for us. Oh, and we also get the wellness shots, which are delicious, it's a great bonus, great thing to have on hand, on the go. We will get you two of those free wellness shots and 50% off your first box. Go to factormeals.com surf50. 50% off your first box, but you'll actually get those two wellness shots for free with every box while the subscription is active. Never be in a bind where you make a hasty, poor meal choice like fast food. Instead, eat delicious chef-crafted meals within two minutes by having Factor on hand in the fridge. Factormeals.com slash surf50. Enjoy. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
All right, Chaz, hot feedback discussion from two weeks ago. Hi, in the name of surf journalism, I thought it would be worth making a correction to your comments on Carla Bruni. Okay. Carla Bruni, Carla Bruni was married to former French president Nicolas Sarkozy. I knew that. Not I knew the that. late disgraced former prime minister of Italy, Silvio Berlusconi. I knew I'm that. sure the former first lady would appreciate you clarifying the distinction. Keep Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. And I got more all... DMs about this than anything else. I mean, great and great. And I, when you said Berlusconi and I agreed, I was like thinking that wasn't Berlusconi. It was, I knew it was French. She's French. It was yeah. French. Everything was French, but we can at least like move past that shame. We can, you and I, take our own advice, look in the mirror and say, shameful, a shameful bit of bad behavior. Uh, <clears throat> but let's not also forget that Sarkozy's son, brother, brother, uh, was married to one of the Olsen twins for a time. I didn't know that. Yeah. The Sarkozy's are cleaning up. Wow. I don't know. Who can tell the difference between Mary-Kate and Ashley? I'm a big fan of Elizabeth myself. No, it definitely wasn't Elizabeth. Elizabeth okay. is the better actor of the three, but uh, it was one of the twins. But uh, yeah, the but they're Elizabeth, divorced now. Elizabeth just looks healthier too. Yeah, and she's... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other two, but the other two are like such peak... Who would have ever thought? And like, I will tip my eternal cap to both Mary-Kate and Ashley. Who would have thought the full house girls would have become fashion like dominant i mean yeah. not like weird like oh yeah it's these like weird celebrity girls who are on a 80s show 90s show whatever who were like i guess doing fashion not only is their label the row like epic and spotless have you ever looked at it no it is like their cut and design it, it is like best in class mm. and then them being fashion icons for the last 20 years of front row heroin skinny just dead eyes sitting there taking it in tip my cap and good on one of you for marrying carla bruni's ex-husband's either son or brother <laughs> um and then divorcing him so the that was a reflection of a boozy evening show by the yes. way that that slip up i knew it was sarkozy i made a mistake but there's a phenomenal paulo sorrentino film called loro about Berlusconi. Seen it. Seen it. So good. It is so good. Highly recommend that. And it kind of went under the radar, surprisingly. Okay. Barrel or not, now that we've got that cleared up. Repeating an epic joke until someone hears it. I had this quandary during the pipe event and the live chat, endless scroll on YouTube. Sometimes you have a really great or really funny comment, but it gets lost in the quick in the quick moving comment feed. No one responds to it or seems to appreciate it. The only way uh, your awesome comment is able to be seen is if you copy and paste it several times. Funny if someone sees it once, cringy if someone sees that you posted it over and over. So barrel or not, repeating an epic joke until someone hears it. This right here, David Lee Scales, is the essence of my humor. Of funniness comes in through repetition. So I am all barrel on, you don't stop twice and uh, like cringe about it. Like, oh no, I'm saying this joke again. No, no, no. You go all in for days on this thing. You copy and paste it 
everywhere. You like that's people you push it. I've pushed jokes personally through so many iterations of pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Nobody thinks it's funny. Pushing it enough where people say, oh, ha, ha, ha. Pushing it, pushing, pushing it where they say, you're super lame for doing this. Mm. Pushing it until it's funny twice and thrice of like repetition is comedy barrel. Yeah, you got to get through uh, attempt seven, eight, nine. And then when you get to 10, it's extra hilarious. And just keep going and going and going and going. You go until you're tired of it. <laughs> and then you finally pull back, but never care about the listener. This would be a great time to drop. I like turtles. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll only get funnier. Um, I mean, precisely. So I had a friend. It was like in high school or something. I was a, he, he and I were really good friends. And I really got into surfing together, actually. That was our initial thing. Um, but he was a lot more boisterous than I was. And I was kind of meek personality. But I, you know... I'd like to think I had a better sense of humor. So we'd be in a group environment and I'd like lay out a joke, but nobody would hear it, but he heard it because he's my best friend. And then because he's boisterous, he would raise his voice and deliver the joke and everybody would laugh. <laughs> and I would just sit there and I'd just slink back a little bit and get real pissed at him. Yeah, but good for him. And I, I hope know. that he told it like 20 more times that night. <laughs> I know. Okay, Barrel or Not came in a couple of nights ago. Nights, important to note. And the title said, header on the email said, Negroni Alternatives, Barrel or Not. And I opened up the email that said, Amaro instead of Campari, Mezcal Negroni, Chartreuse, Sinar, Montenegro. I'll drink it all, whatever you say. Favorite Negroni recipe, question mark, work. And then five minutes later, a follow-up email came, by, came through and said, I sent that uh, to the wrong email address. Here it is. And he forwarded the same exact email to the same exact email address. And it <laughs> said, I sent this to the wrong account. Sorry. The gin is flowing. Perfect. Both uh, emails came to the correct account. Nothing was a mistake, but the gin uh, was it should be too for a Negroni question, but to his point, any pivot off the classic, classic Negroni is a no barrel. That is a, that it might be a fine drink, but a Negroni with mezcal. No. Like there are certain things that are sacred uh, in the, like people think of maybe me as a boozer, uh, just sloppy drinking anything. I know Kitty Dukakis, like there is sacredness in this, right? The Negroni with its gin, with its Campari, with its triple sec. Just kidding. It's no triple sec. In that. Uh, Red vermouth, sweet vermouth. Exactly. Uh, is a perfect drink in and of itself. Any other iteration of that, you can call it now, you know, the Patron Negroni or something. You can that's use it. the name. I don't care. But that's not a A Negroni is gin, Campari, vermouth. Like that is your, that's it. It is a perfect drink. Go invent another cocktail and call it something else all day, every day. Agreed. Nailed it. This is exactly how I felt. There's, food recipes you can adulterate alter and it's still the it's the same uh dish basically it's just like a little spin on it cocktails are precise it is more chemistry than it is cooking it's more baking than it is cooking and when you have like a really perfectly made cocktail it is light years better 
than a slightly less than perfectly made cocktail. Like it just is. It's, so true. It's otherworldly versus just like, oh, this is drinkable, you know? And it's it comes down to just a drop of something more or less. And so, yes, a proper Negroni is among the best cocktails. The thing that you missed in the ingredient list was an orange peel, by the way. Orange peel, sorry. Because I, I go without the orange peel all the time when I'm making, no, no, you need I'm making them at home because I'm lazy, but you need it. It makes a difference. The little bit of orange is uh, is game changer. But yes, you can make an, a very fine cocktail with another ingredient, but it is no longer a Negroni. So you're making, Negroni you're, is a Negroni. Yep, you're off piece, doing your own thing. Not that that's bad. Go experiment. Go. The, that's how the Negroni, I'm sure, got made. The Negroni did not exist for right. all time, right? Somebody goofed around with something and then came up with this perfect thing. You go make your own perfect thing, but it's yep. not a Negroni. Yep, exactly. All right, we're on the same exact page. No barrel on Negroni alternatives. Thank you for the boozy email. Final barrel or not, almost in relation to the earlier listener call, paper plates. Oh, Okay. I'm going to put an over under on this one. It might be the first over under bar barrel and uh, we've ever had. House party over 20, barrel. House party under 20, no barrel. So no barrel on paper plates if you're under 20? If there's under 20 people at your oh, house, you, you better okay. have enough like yeah, yeah. yeah. You better be able to do enough dishes and or have the enough dishes for 20 people right yeah, yeah. once it goes over 20 then i fully get the you know whatever you, you got to do what you got to do except for i will hold firm on the, you don't serve good booze from plastic right right if you're over 20 and you're paper plating then barbecue vibe have the uh yeti cooler out there filled with cans of whatever right you can have your cheaper white wines on the table with your plastic cups whatever but that's it i got to an age in my life where it seemed like everybody around me was using paper plates on the reg like they would if maybe it was christmas you bust out the nice dishware or even just regular dishware but it was like regular dinners going over to somebody's house you know a little no, dinner party and they're serving paper plates and i'd be like are you guys out of your mind like yeah. i don't even own a paper plate in my yeah. house and it's not even an environmental issue it's just that dishes are not difficult to do and using a plate a plate that is not flimsy like anything worth eating can crumple a paper plate right and i don't want to have to deal with that and so I just, I don't understand the, the idea behind it. I mean, the, like, I understand the, Hey man, we got such a herd coming over tonight that it's going to take like a couple days to do these dishes and just don't have the, you know, or at least like a good couple hours. Don't have that in it. Like don't have that capacity. So we're going to paper plate. We're going to throw everything away easy cleanup, done and dusted. But it's like a real specific party too, right? It's like a party that you're not really caring about. Pizza a bunch of people. Being yeah, it's or like, something, yeah. Like you get a bunch of fried chicken. It's one of those things. It's, if you're like, if there's care and thought into the meal, no paper plate, full stop. If it yeah. is a pizza, chicken, tri-tip, barbecue, whatever, dinner, paper plate it up if it's over 20. 
dude, I cannot, I've been to occasions where there is tri-tip or some sort of steak and they serve you a paper plate and a plastic fork and knife. You're done. It's like, are you guys kidding me? I got to start carrying a pocket knife now yeah, just so I can cut my steak. So I'm going no paper plate, full stop. I like it. Regardless I, of the number of people. But, I like that. I'm still going over under 20, but I'm also sick. very dependent on the food you're serving. All right. Well, we're divided yet again. We can never find harmony here, Chaz, but nope. you know what? We'll keep trying week after week. We will. All right. Thank you, Felipe Toledo, for keeping us in business on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Thanks, Felipe. We appreciate Keep on that. being a giant pussy. We cannot wait to see what happens at sunset. Uh, thank you, listeners, for providing us endless opinions, comments, commentary, content to repurpose here on the show thank you beach grit for covering all the news that's fit to print and thank you of course vayer watches and drinkag1.com slash surf and also the dear subscriber to this show you are the enough. backbone the backbone of surf culture at this point there's no surf culture except for you exactly we did not um, encourage them to subscribe enough last year, but this year they've been hitting it hard. They want to win that Coco XO Coco board from Matt Parker. So we're going to we give that away on March 1st. Cannot wait to get into the dynamics of, is it better to give or receive on that one? Mm, I can't wait either. Next show. Yep. It. All right, Chaz, until next week. Keep working.